You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Our guest today is a resident of the UK who now lives in Spain, forced to do so because the government of the UK is of the misguided belief that cannabis is a dangerous drug and it is illegal. John Hughes joins us to talk about his life in Spain and how the use of cannabis has changed his life. John, very good of you to do this. Thanks very much. Thank you very much for having me on. Take us back to your time in the UK and tell us about the reasons for your cannabis use while living there. Um, uh, About when I was 25 years of age, I had a a motorbike accident and broke my spine. Um, From Literally from then, I mean, I was a bodybuilder before then, so I was very fit. So fortunately, I had a lot of, of fitness around me to get myself better. But my spine never, ever healed. Um, and I was in constant pain on literally just bags of medication um, to a point where I'd become a drug addict on them. I, I could not function as a human being. It was, it was I, I had no life. I had no life at all. But I did smoke cannabis. And I didn't, although I knew that it was helping me a little bit, I had no real understanding of the medical side of it at all. Um, then about four years ago, I sort of got into it a little bit via one of my children who said, maybe you should try it a different way. So I did. Uh, I slowly improved. But in the UK, it's very, very expensive to, to buy cannabis and you never know what you're going to buy. But it's what you do. Um, and, and it helped. And I, and I started to improve. Um, I, I was able to get out of bed a bit. Um, have a little bit more of my life function um eventually much better started to grow a few of my own plants and then the knock on the door came from the police and they decided that what i was doing was wrong and wrecked our house wrecked our business and wrecked our life really um and kind of forced us to go but we, we there's nothing we can't do we we have to go i can't do it in the uk and if i stay there i'm just gonna die so we moved to spain why did you pick Spain? Um, it, well, it's a great climate. Um, it's it's only um, fifteen hundred um, kilometers from where we used to live, so it's accessible. I can go and see my grandchildren. They can come over and see me, and and the price of cannabis in in Spain is probably half what it is across Europe. Is it legal medically in Spain? Um, it, it isn't legal yet but um in my region of Murcia, um it is literally on the lines of um, a vote for to make it um medically available to people now when you moved to spain tell us the story about how your health changed well i was able to access low-cost cannabis and of, of a very high quality um, and I was able to, to learn how to process it. I mean, actually, Corey was one of the people that I used to, to look at for, for information. So it's, it's bizarre that I'm talking to her now. Oh, that's weird, um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
and it helped me and i was able to process it correctly and i was able to get back plus obviously the food is much better here the weather is much better here and in the three years of this journey i've lost over a hundred pounds in weight wow john when you talk about processing uh correctly are you talking about uh making it into edibles or oil or all of those yeah um, fico and all of those now i mean i'm there now i can do that now but at the time it was just um soaking it in coconut oil and and turning it into sort of medibles for myself and it worked very very well right for listeners who don't know fico is uh full extract cannabis oil sorry yeah that's no that's okay but we we know what we're talking about but there may be others who don't john how is your back now it's still broken. <laughs> still, oh. still, it's still broken, but I can move. I can function. I we I do gardening. I, I lift great big heavy rocks and move gardening. This is something three four years ago would have been impossible. Impossible. John, how did you lose all that weight? Do you figure it was a combination of being more active? Did you change your diet, or was it just that? Because I've spoken to people before who have lost large amounts of weight with cannabis and they talk about um how they just made healthier choices and they they, you know often when people are on diets they feel like they're uh being ripped off you know they can't have this and they can't have that deprived deprived that's the word i'm looking for it's too early in the morning Mm -hmm. um was it a case of that or was it just that you chose healthier eating or Obviously, it was the healthier eating. The, the 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 quality of food in Spain is better. Plus, with the heat, you don't really want to be eating very heavy food. So, yes, lots of salads, lots of olive oils. Um, the olive oil is ridiculously cheap, so I use it as butter. I don't even put butter on the bread. I use olive oil on my bread. Nice. So, yeah, of course, it was the diet side of it as well. Plus, the the loss of all of that medication, which was making me gain weight. I meant to ask you, what kind of medica- medications were you on? I was uh, I was on thing I was on one thousand two hundred milligrams of tramadol each day. Uh, tramadol, yeah, is, yeah. Oh yeah, that lovely drug that we we all know about now, but I didn't then, and even that wasn't helping. Um, Amptyltryptoline, antidepressants, sleeping tablets, uh, mood st- mood stabilizer. I mean, all sorts, just chucking pills at me. I mean, I used to come out of the the pharmacist and the bag, and it was just a great big bag that you would get from the convenience store, full of drugs. Boy. I just wasn't for me. That's an interesting story because Corey was over here one day and she <laughs> she showed me the bag of pills that she used to take and it was very much like you. It was a bag like you get at the convenience store and it was about, I guess, Corey, three quarters full oh, of pills. Oh, easily, yeah. I had everything you can imagine, and 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 there's pills to 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 stop the side effects from, from those pills, pills, and then some uh, to stop the side effects yeah. from those. No, I just it, I, and it got to the point where I mean, and that was kind of one of the. I mean, I used to look at the. I mean, I was very depressed. Um, my my Rottweiler once. I mean, I was laying in bed for about three days, and he just come and put his head on the bed, and he just kind of looked at me as if to say, "This isn't right, man. This isn't right." And I just that was it for me. I you know, when you when your dog's looking at you saying, "Come on, man, get the hell out of bed," you, you got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes to you know ring that bell and get you going, eh? Yeah. John, how much cannabis do you take a day? Um, I probably consume about three grams of raw cannabis a day, as, as in smoking, uh, maybe through through the bong. Um, but I also probably consume. I mean, I have, I'm a, have I do have a high tolerance, 
um, because I have been using it quite a lot for a relatively long time. Um, so, I mean, I can consume probably around about 1,500 micrograms a day, and, and that throughout the day just com- makes me not completely pain-free, but 99% pain-free. And you're, you're doing that through a variety of, of methods, just like edibles yeah. and oil as yeah. well? Yeah. Okay. A little bit of smoking, a little bit of edibles, uh, and some oil of a night time. I take a few capsules. Do you ever apply um, the oil topically in a cream or yep. anything? Yeah, yeah. I, I use it daily because uh, I live in the I live in the sun, so I use it as a, a preventer for sort of anything like skin cancer or stuff like that. Great idea, John. When you left the UK, you were, I assume, in great pain as a result of your broken back. Yeah. And how soon did you notice the recovery process taking place when you were in Spain? Once I was able to sort of access high-quality, low-cost cannabis and actually use it correctly um, within a few weeks. Um, I haven't taken a pharmaceutical drug in two and a half years. No, just over two years. Great. John, what's the cost of an ounce of cannabis in Spain? Um, uh, yeah, it's all on that uh, metric or p- imperial system. I, I, we only know metric in Europe. I don't do um, metric. <laughs> yeah, that's that one. I, I do metric. Uh, a hundred, but a hundred grams um, would be on average if you got it from a, a local uh, local guy. Not not trying to make lots of money. Um, around about four hundred and fifty euros. I don't know what the exchange rate is at the moment, but I mean, in, in the UK, that's probably around about four hundred pounds equivalent. Four hundred grams. How, yeah, how that, close to that is an ounce? That, that's, that's, that's about three gra- That's about three ounces. Three ounces. Okay. Yeah. So okay. just that's, over. That's kind of ounces. on par. You said four hundred. That's about six, probably six hundred Canadian dollars. Oh, okay. So here in Victoria, it's about one eighty to two hundred. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So about, about on par. But, but in in London, in in the UK, you that's a um, hundred grams is that's nearly sort of maybe eight hundred pounds. Wow, that's a lot. And that's if you, and that's if you're lucky. I mean, if you're having to buy it in small batches, I mean, you know yourself. I mean, the, the, if you buy them in small pieces, you're going to pay the the street street price, and yeah. that can put it right up to over twelve hundred pounds. And no guarantee of quality. And exactly. Wow. And and probably guaranteed not to be quality. <laughs> yeah, because the UK is just full of scammers, isn't it? It's crazy. Gammas are the bane of our lives. Now, are there many expats living in Spain uh, consuming cannabis? Um, I I know of 600 in our group, and I know there's many more, because when I go on to the expat groups and and bring up the subject, because you would normally think, well, these are all expats, all of a certain age, they would would go crazy and go, oh, you can't bring these drugs on to these sorts of sites. But actually, far from it. (laughs) Um, It's a 99% positive feedback from it. And lots of people saying, yes, I've been using it for years. Uh, yes, actually, I've, I'm growing a few plants. We've already got into discussions about um, legalities on an open forum. It's, it's fantastic. It makes you wonder what the hell is wrong with the world when you can consume alcohol freely and yes. it is dangerous. And uh, yeah, you can and known to be dangerous. It no. kills hundreds of thousands each year. Yeah, and you can consume cigarettes. But you, yeah, can't consu- but you can't consume cannabis because somehow that is considered a dangerous drug, even though it's never killed anyone in, in human history. 
Yeah. But well, you, unless it, unless it fell on you, and of course that that can be quite dangerous. You don't want a ton of cannabis falling. Got to watch out for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. With the recent election in the UK and uh, the minority government of Theresa May and the Conservatives, do you foresee any change in cannabis legislation? Um, to be honest with you, the two main parties, um, and Labour is, uh, I'm a supporter of Labour. I still don't think that, um, the Tories will be able to form a government. I think there's going to be too many, um, spoons in the, in the mix for, for them to do that. But that's a tough, that's another subject. Um, the two main parties both agree that, that, that it won't be legalised. There is only one party, which unfortunately is a, a minority party that's almost laughable at the moment. So, no, I, I don't, I, I don't see anything over the the next sort of five to ten years i'd like i'd like to say opposite but my, my common sense says that the government's just not interested not while gw pharmaceuticals have got a great big hold in the pie gw pharmaceuticals can produce cannabis extracts freely but uh, the public cannot so yeah john when you talk to other uh, expats who live in Spain and they have uh, various health issues. Can you tell us some of the issues that they have dealt with that uh, they've been helped by use of uh, cannabis? Um, I mean, from the the basic level, uh, I can give you. I can't obviously. I won't say names, but a, a lady who is a hairdresser um, um, spoke to me about it, and I, I, I suggested a balm for her. Um, I even we even came up here, and she made it with me. Um, she took it home, and within three days, she was able to get back to her hairdressing. Her hands were able to. She was far more supple. Um, and that's just at the basic level, right up to two people that I'm speaking to right now who are uh, at stage four cancer and, and are battling that. Um, it, it really is such a varied... Uh, these are uh, of people of an age, uh, and they have age-related issues. Um, uh, some of the people I know are, are in their 90s. Some people are in their 30s. Um, there is no... Discre- I mean, disease or, or cancer has no no discrepancies whatsoever it will come after you and and these people are knowing it and they're using cannabis really really well we posted a podcast the other day of uh, a woman in florida whose son was sent home at the age of three to die he is now six years of age but he's not battling his health issue what he's battling is the effects of chemotherapy and radiation yeah, it's just so bad. Yeah, this little guy can't speak. He's six now and can't speak. He uh, can't walk. He's starting to crawl. But, you know, he was a normal functioning three-year-old who could speak. But they, they know that. They know that when they give it to them. They, they know, know this is going to happen. I mean, the gentleman that I, I'm de- helping right now, um, he got very, very jittery about going on cannabis. And he decided that he wasn't going to go forward. And he, ca- and he went on with the chemo. Um, when I met him, he was, he was not well, but he, w- he was walking and he was functioning well. He's now in a wheelchair and he's coming up here on Wednesday. Because he's now decided that he doesn't want to go on, on, on the chemo anymore. It's killing him. And he's going to change his way. And he's going to actually do it. His wife is already growing two plants for him. <laughs> well, good, good. I wish people would try cannabis first instead of yeah. coming to us Lots. last. It's the last. But that's because there's so much stigma attached to it. And, and the great thing about being in Spain is that the stigma is, is far less. And we can openly talk about it. So Spaniards are much more open about the use of cannabis than they are uh, in other countries? 
absolutely. It, it's part of the culture here, actually. Last estimates say I reckon around 10% of, can, uh, of Spaniards smoke cannabis regularly. That's one in ten. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There are there are hundreds of, of social clubs. There are hundreds of associations. Um, there are local groups. There, uh, there are local activists. Uh, our local grow shop um, has a big sign as you come into the town on the normal public notice board. It's normal here. So it should be. So it should be everywhere. Yeah, I agree. What are what do the uh, police authorities? How do they feel about it? Um, again, it, 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 it's it's the law is very strange in Spain because technically cannabis is is illegal, um, but there are certain provisos and, and caveats within the law that allow you to to be able to grow in your home without of the sight of the general public. They can't see it or smell it. Is basically the rule. Um, and you can grow what you want for your own needs. If you're growing hundreds of plants and they, they, they raid you, well, there you go. That's what drug dealers get. But people who are just growing a few for their own, they don't get in trouble. The, the police don't really care. I mean, again, it's only if it affects the public. I mean, I have uh, about 12 plants. Um, six are for other people. I'm growing for other people. They're going to take away. They're not in Spain at the moment, so they're coming over. Um, but six are my personal plants. And between me and my partner, who also has medical conditions, and by the way, had... Uh, diabetes stay, uh, uh, type 2 and doesn't have diabetes type 2 anymore um, he's had massive um, head injuries um, and just using the balm you can barely see a scar on his face um, yeah you, there's, there's, the, the law just would not bother you, they don't care I mean I remember before we was putting out a, a small fire um, and I had, a, <laughs> I had a joint hanging out my mouth and me and the, guy, me and the local police were putting the fire out together you just don't care <laughs> There you go. John, can I just quickly ask you um, about your partner there? Um, with the MS, w- did he ingest oil or just simply by smoking? Or not MS, um, what did you say he had? Um, di- diabetes. 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 Um, no, he, he, he used to ingest. So, I mean, obviously there was a, a, a diet issue as well. Um, and he, he's fantastically, he's, he's lost about 60 pounds himself. So, I mean, obviously uh-huh. that is a contributing fact to it. Um, but I mean, but he also has COPD, which has been halved. Mm. Good. So I mean, he has, he has multiple issues um, that have been helped. I've just had one serious issue that needed helping. He benefits it more than I do. John, are there many people taking uh, cannabis oil as opposed to other methods of consumption? There are, but there's a there's a, a, a big confusion in Spain because um, it, cannabis oil they hemp oil is is classified as cannabis oil here so in all of the herbal shops there was all these little and the amount of people that i have messaging me saying look pictures of this cannabis oil saying is this the stuff i need no. well the six the, the, the six pound 99 um the six euro 99 tag will probably say no yeah uh, and, and it's it's very confusing, and especially of an older generation. So you've got to try and dis- get rid of this misinformation and just get them on this right information, which is why I use a lot of um, visual aids, a lot of YouTube videos. I mean, I have maybe 10 or 15 people come to my home once a month, and we all sort of sit down and we exchange ideas. We make medibles, we make oils, we make capsules, we watch lots of videos, and we talk. John, what has this done, what has cannabis done for your life in terms of the direction it's taken you? 
Well, it, it, it firstly gave it back to me, which is one of the things that I'll, I'll never be as I can't be any more grateful to this one tiny little plant that it actually gave me my life back. The direction it took me in is a different matter, and I'm not so impressed. But it's something that I'm happy to do, I'm happy to do right now. But it wasn't. It was never my dream. It was never my goal. It, it was actually my son's dream, and unfortunately, he he wasn't able to fulfil that and, and made some mistakes. And I'm left holding the baton, but I'm happy to hold it. And, and, and I'm fortunate. I've got some great friends and great resources around me that that take a lot. Because I mean, Corey, you must know that. Um, how hard it is to talk to someone when they're dying. Yes. And, and it does, really does take its toll out on you. So it's nice to be able to share that, spread that with other people. Yes, yeah, exactly. John, you said when you were in the UK, your son was arrested for growing marijuana for your needs. Was he jailed for that? No, no, they, they just gave him a, they did, they gave him an unofficial caution, so there was no, there was not, it doesn't even go on his criminal record. What they did do actually was they, um, because I'd helped set up the equipment, there was my thumbprint, which was inside the, the light fitting. And that gave them just cause to come and smash my house up. They found nothing in my house because there was nothing to find. And uh, we recorded it and put it up onto one of those sites. It got like a million views or some crazy stuff like that. I mean, it was just completely over the top. The, the, um, the amount of money that they must have spent just doing that was, is just crazy. There was 20, 30 police officers, uh, several vans, dog unit, oh, all for, for nothing, for nothing, absolutely nothing. It's crazy. So, forensi- so forensics came in and found a thumbprint of yours. Yeah. And then they asked me in interview, why, why, why was my thumbprint on the light? And I gave them the most honest answer I've ever given the police in my life. I said, because I used to grow cannabis, and there's no law that says I can't used to grow it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and that interview ended very, very quickly, and I got an apology for their over, overuse of their, their, their uh, authority. Their aggressive behavior. Completely, completely uncalled for. Completely. Yeah. Do you see yourself staying in Spain, John? Well, for the rest of my life, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we, we've bought our house in the mountain, um, nice little in the out, nowhere near anywhere in the world, and it's just beautiful. I have eagles as my neighbours, so I'm not moving. And you've got cannabis as uh, your your health plan. Yes. Yeah. Even my pets, all of my animals are on cannabis as well. My dog, unfortunately, uh, he's just been diagnosed with cancer. So we are just about, we've just started his treatment actually two days ago. Um, And also for leash mania, unfortunately, it's a big problem here in Spain. What's that? Um, uh, There's a a disease called leash mania. um, And it's very, very bad in Spain, especially in our province. Uh, Around about 70 dogs, 70% of the dogs have it. What is it? I've never um, heard it's of a, it. it's a it's a disease that uh, um, attacks the white blood cells, which then in turn um, attack the liver and kidneys, uh, eventually causing death. I mean, there was no oh. there's, um, and if you catch it early enough, that it's a very expensive, long treatment. But I mean, that's my best friend, the one that saved my life and put his head on the bed and told me to get up. So it's all it's all about him now as well. So how are you? How will you treat your dog? 
Um, well, we, his diet is very important. So, I mean, after lots of discussions with lots of very, very clever people, I'm, I'm, I'm not that clever. Um, I, I've managed to get him on a very good raw food diet. So, um, and obviously he's he's now on his um, first two doses. He's, he's had four doses of his cannabis oil. How much? So he's, a, he's quite. He's quite a big dog, so he's on. We for him, I use a, a seven micrograms per kilo of his weight, um, which is quite a lot. I mean, if you, if you do the math, that's actually quite a lot for a dog. But he, he responds really, really well to it. Um, he, he's he, he's not a lightweight. He's he, he's a stoner dog. He's just, he's been he's been around us all his life. Mm. John, we did an interview with a woman in Ontario who had a seven-pound cat. Seven pounds, and wow. it had throat cancer. Yeah, and the woman put the cat on cannabis oil and gave <laughs> gave the cat the the uh, equivalent of a half a grain of rice. You know what that you give to a human yeah. being to start. Yeah. Wow. And, and the cat, <laughs> and the oh, cat lived. The cat it, lived an extra three years. I'm, I'm sure he did. I'm sure that first day was probably a little bit scary. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, but she had it all set up. Like he, she had really like prepa- was prepared to treat her cat like a patient had made a special area and cordoned it off so the cat, you know, couldn't fall, you know, etc. And uh, yeah, nursed that little kitty, and uh, that cat got I mean, rid of the cancer and got another three years. It- there's a saying that I mean, it's, every, every, every mammal has an endocannabinoid system. We know this now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so every mammal on this planet can can use it, and they have before we came along and interfered. Animals have been grazing on that stuff for millennia um, without our interference. Um, but it, it, it's it's great that we can now. We know that we can do this now. We know that we can treat our dogs. I mean, our, my dogs will eat. Uh, raw cannabis when i'm when i'm trimming my lot i mean they'll happily chew on those i mean they spit them out eventually mm-hmm. but they, they they're happy to do it i mean two, two of our plants was decimated by one of our dogs because she obviously needed the medication so we we put her on the cannabis oil and now she's leaving my plants alone interesting because they animals instinctually know what they need absolutely yeah yeah, and I never told her off. I was upset that I lost two of my beautiful plants, but <laughs> I knew I knew I, I felt that that this is what she wanted. So she goes on the oil too, and even my cat's on it. John, do you think that uh, worldwide that the public attitude toward cannabis has reached a tipping point where governments must legalize marijuana? Uh, you, you would think so, but the governments can be very, very stubborn. Um, France, for example, uh, have just made things worse for the French by making it even harder and even with even more fines and imprisonments. So, yes, some parts of Europe, yes, a lot parts, some parts of the world are waking up and seeing it, but but some are resisting and some are actively pulling back and saying, no, 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 we're not having this. It's just. It's insanity. We, we, it, when, when we know it works, how can one government go backwards and say it definitely doesn't work? It's, it's just daft. But that's me. That's my opinion. No, and I'm of the opinion with people who say that uh, they're very critical of politicians. And I say it's not the politician's fault. It's our fault for electing those politicians. Yeah. It's, the pub- they, they- it's the public's fault. We have to Absolutely. we have to elect politicians who are in agreement that cannabis is simply a plant, an herb, a vegetable, whatever you want to call it, and it creates no harm to anyone. 
And if we, continue to, if we continue to elect politicians who ban it, who want to throw people in prison for it, like Canada. Canada is going to legalize uh, recreational marijuana on July 1st of 2018, yet you can still get 14 years in prison. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's, it's insanity. It's absolute insanity. I mean, we have, the biggest problem we have in the UK, I think, is actually the press, because the press give it such a bad... And they have their own agenda. So you have, you have these people in the UK who only get their information on cannabis from mainstream media, and they are completely bamboo... I mean, the Daily Mail, I think, might have some psychiatric issues, because in its printed press, it is completely anti-cannabis. But occasionally on their, on their online press, they do slip in, all oh, cannabis cures cancer. And I'm thinking, you've got problems. You, what's going on there? They're schizophrenic. But, they, need, uh, they need some cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> I have suggested that on many of their posts, believe me. Well, I know uh, Dr. Bob Malamede is convinced that all politicians have uh, a cannabinoid deficiency. <laughs> uh, uh, that and some other deficiencies, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, John, I was, in the, uh, I was in the mainstream media for over 20 years, and I can tell you, you're absolutely right. They are very, very ignorant of the role that cannabis plays in human health. You know, I was part of that ignorance, and uh, I don't think I am anymore. I know I'm not part of the mainstream media anymore. They don't want me. They fired me. I, I, th- I, think, you're, I think you're showing by these podcasts that you actually are trying to address that, that problem. I, I think you're <laughs> yeah, I do have a problem. I, I think you're, don't worry. We absolve you from your, from your faults. <laughs> Thank you, Sir John. <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> He's remembered my real name. <laughs> <laughs> or, or every, everyone in British, everyone in Britain is a knight. You do know this. This is, this is, this is common knowledge, right? Across across North America. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that's cleared up. <laughs> John, it was a pleasure to talk to you. It's great that you're uh, on the road to recovery, even though your back is still broken, but you're 95 percent pain free. And uh, it's wonderful to hear. And I think what you're doing in Spain is uh, really fantastic. And and, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Anything you want to say in conclusion? Um, There is so this we could go on for hours, obviously. But I mean, no, I mean, the the future, I think, in in Spain is is looking really good for us. I think um, we're definitely on the cusp of of things changing and i really would like people to just just take a look at what spain can offer people as well i mean a lot of people in europe are scared to run off but spain is on your doorstep and there's no reason why you can't come to spain and do exactly what we've all done now people who want to reach out to you can can they do that yeah um you can find there's a web it's like like i say i'm not a professional this is not what i do for a living this is i am i'm I'm supposed to be here retiring getting better this is my job (laughs) but now but but the little bit of information i do can put out you can find on uh, www.casasflorus.org casasflorus.org yeah you want to spell that john for people please C-A-S-A-S-F-O-L- F-L-O-R-E-S. Casas Perfect. Flores. Thank you. Dot org. <laughs> Dot org. Okay. <laughs> I've been in Mexico too many times. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> John, a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much. You're very welcome, and, and thank you for, for giving me the time. Thank you so much, John. Really enjoyed speaking with you. And you. Take care now. Take good care. 
And there you have it, another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. If you'd like to tell your story, send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Wherever you are in the world, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.